Here's the snapback. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin scores! A 49-yard field goal, and Indiana leads 27 to 24. Oh, it's an end around one to go. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Caught touchdown! Fry Fogel again! Welcome to the OEO Podcast. Yep, still that one. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Braggley, B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. I am co-hostless, kind of. I guess, at least official title. Brandon not here today, but if you want to find him on Twitter, it's at Brandon Dubich. Brandon spelled traditionally Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. You know what's funny? I don't think I've ever spelled Brandon. So if you don't know how to spell Brandon, it's Brandon, B-R-N-D-O-N, and Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. And, uh, you know, I would say as always, but he's missed a couple here recently. I think maybe at least just one. Maybe it just feels like it's been forever, but... Joining us and co-hosting this time around is producer Seth. Uh, you might want to do it now because he thinks Purdue is going to win the national championship in basketball. So go ahead and block him on Twitter. It's at Setah5, S-E-T-A-H-5. What's up, Seth? You still, I had one tweet. High? One tweet. From the win over Milwaukee. One Purdue positive tweet. <sighs> All right. Are they really in the top 25? That's on the daily rankings by the guy from CBS Sports. It's not like a real thing. Oh, the worst. CBS Sports. It's the 25 plus one rankings or whatever. We talked about this pregame, but here we go. Do you remember when CBSSportsLine.com was like the main sports website? Of course. Okay. All right. Just making sure. Uh, speaking of sports, let's talk some sports. Let's talk IU football. <laughs> um, Does that count as sports? I guess, right man. Riding hot. Right in a hot six-game losing streak um, as we slide into the crap hole of Columbus, Ohio, to play at Ohio State this Saturday. It's a noon kickoff. Um, and if you didn't see it last week, you get to see it again. And when I say you, I mean the country. Um, another nationally televised game. Big noon kickoff on Fox uh, at the Horseshoe in Columbus with a beautiful high of 42 degrees. It says it's going to be sunny, but I can't imagine the sun actually shines over that stadium. IU plus 40. The line has gone down in IU's favor, Seth, since opening up. IU's got the swing heading its way, one and a half points, over under 56. So just take that into uh, perspective there. Yeah, Vegas is still predicting a 48 to 8 game here. Oh, yeah. So let's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But could have been worse. So. Uh, previous meeting was worse. Um, that was a we've talked about this game before Ohio State at IU last year in the rain, terrible weather, um, kind of on and off rain started hot 7-7 Ohio State. And then they went on a what is that a 47 nothing run um, to win 54 to seven all time series. Uh, it's been a minute since IU won the last win being in 1988. IU trails in that series 12 to 78. Um so this is the 91st meeting. I don't know what that means. I'm just trying to pull out whatever sort of positive vibe. I can Wasn't get. that Rodman's number in the late 90s with the Bulls? It was, Wasn't he 91? It was 91. I think uh-huh. our test rocked 91 or 90. Was he 93? 
on the pace. Pacers. Oh goodness gracious! Maybe ninety. He's not going to be seven. It up. I don't know. He's going to look it up. Um, I know he was fifteen at some point, and then he got into his rap career. Maybe I don't know if it was ninety something pre or post Malice at the Palace, but yeah, I don't know. Well, here we are, not talking about the game again. But yeah, there we go. Um, we'll break down he, the opponent. 91, 91, and 93 and 37 and 51. I remember when I was 15 with the bulls and this first year with, with the, Pacers. the Pacers. Yeah. For one year. And, and then they, no, for the first year with Pacers, 15, then 23, 23, mm-hmm. 91 and mm-hmm. 15. Yep. I think 91 is when he, uh, when he lost it. 15 was 15, a comeback. Didn't he come back for like a, a minute? No, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of Stevenson. I'm thinking of yep. Lance. Oh man, run our test talk on an Ohio State All right. football yeah, podcast. Yeah, let's let's move on. <laughs> All right, so if you guys are new to this, which um, God, I hope they're not going to listen to this, but if you're an Ohio State fan or or a new IU football fan that's listening to the pod, what we do is <clears throat> on the preview shows, we will kind of you know half ass break down the opponent, um, go over their previous schedule so far, break down some of the rankings, offense and defense, and then go over some key players. Then we'll also give key players on IU to watch um, on each side of the ball and special teams. And then we get into the fun part of the pod where we do the random stuff and uh, give predictions. So we'll fly through this. We'll try to make this as painless as possible because the pain is coming on Saturday. All right, here we go. Ohio State's head coach is Ryan Day in his fourth season with a, it's an all right record, 43-4. and four. Um, Record so far this year, 9-0. and oh. Uh, I don't have to talk about wins and losses, so here we go. Here's who they beat. Notre Dame, Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin, Rutgers at Michigan State, Iowa at Penn State, and a really tough, hard-fought win on the road in Evanston last week at Northwestern. Seth, the only thing that really stands out to me there is that they played five consecutive home games to start the season. That is a lot of not watching your... um, or basically just giving custody back to your your ex-wife for your kid tailgates on that one, right? <laughs> yeah. Um the Notre Dame, Toledo, Wisconsin games, I mean I don't know. They don't ex- except for Notre Dame, they don't ever challenge themselves in the preseason or not the preseason in the non-conference slate. I mean let's be, let's it, be careful. They they played Oregon and they were bit oh, by well, Oregon yeah. last week or last year, but they, you're right. They have one toughie. Yep. And, and then they have cuppies. two cupcakes. Cupcakes. Yep. Um, it's their traditional setup. None of this surprises me. It, you know, their whole season is going to hinge on the, on the big game. Um, you know, this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, you're trying buddy. I'm yeah. Trying. Um, yeah, their whole season is gearing up for the Michigan game. Um, they try to set it up that way. The Big Ten tries to, you know, ease ease them into it as much as possible. But it's it's. I mean, it's eleven games to set up the twelfth. Who do they play post in between IU and Michigan? Do they get a tough? I'll look it up here real quick. Ohio State football. They. I say real quick. I don't know. There it goes. Maybe it's taking a minute. I don't know what's going on with the internet's right now. But maybe you can tell me who they play. Um. It's probably an there East team. Who's I got left? it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Maryland. Maryland. Oh, yeah. Tough Process ones. of elimination here. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, Maryland. So, what were their crossover games? I mean, decent non-conference. Wisconsin, 
Iowa, <laughs> Northwestern. If you, oh, sorry, not decent non-conference. Decent before the season started. You were thinking, oh, that's tough. Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern. You know, because it was supposed to be the traditional Pat Fitzgerald upswing season, and that hasn't happened. So, no, not even close. <laughs> no. So, um, all right, let's talk offensive rankings for them. They're pretty good. They're pretty good. Uh, 14th in the country in total offense at just at about 484 yards per game. 19th in passing, 32nd in rushing. Um, these are national stats, obviously. Um, it'll be next year when the Big Ten has 32 teams, but. Um, 291 yards passing per game, 193 yards rushing. They are ranked number one in the country, um, maybe due to what Georgia did last week to Tennessee, but ranked number one in the country with 45.8 points per game. That's a lot. That is a lot. Um, and their defense is very good. So sixth in the country in total defense, 272 yards per game. I'm going to come back to that stat here in just a second. 13th in the country in rushing defense. Good thing we can't run the ball. They only allow 105 yards per game. And 7th in the country in passing defense at 166 yards per game. Um, so far, I said I was going to come back to total defense because here's a fun stat for everybody listening. IU has now, after Saturday, they will have now played the following ranked total defense teams in the country. Are you ready? Number 1, number 2, number 6, number 18, and number 22. Out of 10 games, they have played five defenses that are ranked inside the top 22 in the country. I can name them real quick. They're Illinois, Michigan, Ohio State, ooh, number 18, Rutgers, and Cincinnati, just for those playing along at home. Um, Seth, do you want to tell me about uh, future Bears quarterback C.J. Stroud? I know. I just read an article today. I was comparing Justin Fields to CJ Stroud. Um, I am firmly back apparently on the Justin Fields bandwagon. So I got that going for me. Uh, CJ Stroud, he is right near uh, Brandon's magical 70% completion ratio or percentage. He's at 68. He is damn near 2,500 yards already, 29 TDs against four interceptions. He is, uh, this is going to sound weird because he has a very athletic body. Um, but he's more of a pocket passer. He kind of resists running until the absolute last moment uh, or last option. Uh, so really, he's a great decision maker. He doesn't put the ball at risk very often. I mean, he's supposed to be, I think, the number one or number two quarterback prospect coming out of the draft. There is nothing but great things you can say about this guy. Yeah, between it's between him and Bryce Young? Yeah, probably. Okay. So... Uh, just to give everybody perspective here, his rushing attempts are 25 attempts on the season, 75 yards, no touchdowns. He does have a long of 44, which I'm assuming he basically they, they don't try to run him. No, That's what we were talking. They have about. no need. They, it's not a priority. Yeah, no need to do that. So uh, the reason they don't need to do that is because they can do pretty much everything else just fine. Uh, yep. Two headed monster in the backfield with Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson, who feels like he's been there for. Uh, about as long as Spencer Petrus has been at Iowa. But he's still only a true sophomore. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> he just immediately was amazing. Yeah, he was a monster as a true freshman, I remember. Uh, oh, wait, is that the big dude? Is he a big guy? No. 33? Is he number 33? Who am I thinking of there? I think it's him. I know what I'm talking about, guys. Hold on. Let me. I got it. their roster right here. Yeah. I don't know. But if you think, of, while you look yeah, that up, 32. if you think of, yeah, yeah, 32. I was going to say you said 5, 10, 2, But if you think of 210. 
yeah, he's 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 decently sized. Uh, but if you think a two-headed rushing attack is bad, wait till we talk about the receiving core. Yeah, because <laughs> they have you... three guys. Uh, by have... the way, they're, they're running backs, real quick, combined twelve hundred yards, oh, eighteen right. touchdowns between the two. But yeah, uh, um, why don't you talk about the receiving core? Because I know you are super. And you know what's funny? Before we do it, guys, we're not going to talk about a guy named Smith and Jigba at all. Who's probably one of the best receiving prospects going into the draft this year? Yes. Um, so they have, uh, oh goodness, they have Marvin Harrison Jr. fifty-three receptions, eight hundred and thirty-four yards, ten touchdowns. They have uh, this other guy, Emeka. Oh God, I knew I was going to butcher it. I had it. I was practicing Egbuka. Forty-nine receptions, seven hundred ninety-four yards, seven touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, they also have this guy Julian Fleming. Uh, he also has six touchdowns. Um, so. I mean, he's slanging it all over the place. And the guy that you don't even have listed on here, the who has end. been a giant threat, is Cade Silver, mm-hmm. an impressive tight end. He's a converted, he came in as a linebacker. They converted him to D end. And now he's probably one of the top three or four tight ends in the Big Ten. Um, you know, that's the weird thing about Ohio State is even with their amazing recruiting prowess, they still figure out a way to plug and play players into different positions to, you know, maximize flexibility of the roster it's they just have so many options coming down the hill at you and even though the iu defense is definitely the best part of their team holy hell it's <laughs> it's a lot man it's a lot yeah not to mention and and i'm going to preface i should have prefaced this from the very beginning but i was going to wait till the end we're not even going to get close to touching all of their star players they have a lot of really good talent um we can no, talk about go they ahead. basically have an all big 10 candidate at every single position on the roster and how many first candidates. round draft picks are there there's for the this, left tackle oh, right um the quarterback yep i would maybe say probably marvin of the, maybe marvin at least one of the two running backs i would say at least two of the receivers i mean and, and now we we'll talk talked defense. to tight end yeah zach yeah. harrison is highly rated uh JT is highly rated. Yeah. I'm sure Eisenberg or um Eichenberg. Eichenberg is gonna be on a roster. I don't know if he's a first round talent. And I'm sure one of the DBs is eventually gonna be a first rounder. Yeah. Tell it's me a... tell me how Eichenberg makes sense at Ohio State. They they have been, when was the last time they had a stud linebacker, right? Been a minute. Like stud, stud linebacker. I mean, maybe they've got some big time boys in the NFL. I mean, Pete Werner. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't really with... ever consider him a linebacker. I know because he was kind of undersized, but he's a linebacker in the pros. Um, Great in the Saints. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They've had a few. I mean, it's not like it's been a complete dearth, but it's. This dude is, I I think it's by 30 tackles, Seth. Is leading the team. Leading the team. Yeah. I think around 30 tackles and leading the team in sacks. 85 total tackles, eight tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, one interception, which turned into a touchdown. That's Tommy Eichenberg, by the way. Um, JT, who you referenced, uh, I think they were talking about how he hasn't had a big year at all. Yep. And then I think all within one game against Penn State, he <laughs> had like the, the biggest part of his stats. So in that game, uh, not in that game exactly, but um, for the it season, felt like it. <laughs> yeah, basically seven and a half tackles from loss, two and a half sacks, two interceptions, one touchdown, one fumble recovery, and one forced fumble. And that's for JT. Tui Moalau. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Close enough. You don't know who he is. Number 44, yep. I think. They'll talk about him a, a, a hell of a lot. Why don't, you, on why, don't you, why don't you finish it all? All right. Yeah. So, we... <laughs> all right. Let's talk about Michael Hall. 
Uh, he has 17 total tackles, seven and a half for a loss, four and a half sacks and a fumble recovery. Um, he's the main, he's one of the main guys up the middle. Uh, they also have, like I said, Zach Harrison off the edge, another guy who gets a lot of pressure. Um, and then in the backfield, they have Tanner McAllister, who came over from Oklahoma State along with their defensive coordinator, who, of course, I'm now blanking on. Uh, I think it's Knowles, maybe. Um, and he's leading the team on interceptions with three. So even though he's not the highly ranked prospect, he's the one who's getting the turnovers and getting the results as far as that's concerned. Uh, they basically, like I said, they have players across the board. They have all conference players. They have future draft picks. Um we didn't even talk about their offensive line, except for saying they have a really good left tackle. They also uh, was a Dewan Jones, mm-hmm. um, who's a stud uh, from Ben Davis. Uh, even their backup quarterback, Kyle McCord, who's been mm-hmm. playing a little bit. I mean, he's probably going to be a pro prospect in a couple of years. Pricing it's just Saturday. up and oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, just up and down the roster. They have players. They have guys. It's uh, it's an abundance of riches. It's you know whatever you can throw out there, they've got it. It's it's a formidable team. Yeah, as I said, they're they're okay, they're doing okay. Um, yeah, I mean that's good enough. We don't need to keep talking about them. Everybody knows about them. If you haven't seen them play, they're pretty good. I was gonna say you've watched three or four of their games just by happenstance at this point in the yeah, season on accident. You just turn it on. They're usually on somewhere. Um, let's talk IU players to watch. Um, I, it's tough. It's tough to to pick. Um. This is really? the, the toughest game yeah. on the year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the offense. Let's start offense. I don't think we got any picks from Brandon um, on this, but I'll, I'll let you start. Who do you who are you going to watch on offense? Kyle Blackman, head athletic trainer for football. Um, Ohio State has a great pass rush. They have a great blitz scheme. If the O-line can't block, this is going to be a nightmare. Um, the offensive line is the answer because, yeah. quite frankly, again, talk about all the pros on the defense. We talk about all the pros on the Ohio State offense, the lack of pros on the IU offense. It's, I mean, it it's a setup for, for disaster. Um, you hope that if the offensive line can limit any of the you know, sacks, any of the quarterback pressures. Yeah, you know, that's the only way you're going to have a chance to win is, is going to be defined in the trenches. So if there's going to be a lot of sacks, that means IU is going to be struggling. If they're not getting holes in the offensive, or sorry, in the defensive front to run the ball, it's going to be a long day. So the litmus test of this game, more than anything else, is going to be defined in the trenches. Yeah. And, and so that's it'll scary, be interesting. That's, yeah. That's something I've watched. It's a strength versus weakness situation. It's a major weakness. A major weakness. And I don't know. I mean, they haven't played well all year. I mean, let's be real. Maybe, and you know, maybe they're due. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, this isn't the game. This shouldn't be the game to pick. Um, unfortunately, it is a must win. Um, so uh, uh, with about a 2% chance, I think, of happening. A court, I think a court. I mean, the, the ball has to be out of the quarterback's hands, whoever the quarterback Quick. is, it should be within fast. two seconds. It's yeah. got to be quick hitter after quick hitter to set up maybe a random double move, you know, once every 10 passes, there has to be some kind of coordinated passing attack that really limits any kind of pressures. Giving IU a 1.6% chance. So 2% was high. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, we we've talked about this in the past when we've brief previewed uh, 
Ohio State before, if there's ever a weakness in their defense, it always seems that maybe you can pick on one or two of their corners. And I'm sure that any of whoever that is could walk right into IU's roster and start. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's the problem. Yeah. So I don't mean that. I don't mean that as a, a bad thing, but if there was a weakness, it's I mean, I, I just watch I remember watching Penn State move the football and Parker Washington was, I mean, wide open. And he didn't even he didn't get a sniff against IU last week. So I don't maybe there is a weakness there somewhere. Maybe maybe this is the week we start watching game film and actually preparing for some of these teams would be great. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think that that would be nice, but it's going to have to be quick passes. Y- yeah, you can't do anything crazy. I, I'm not sure we can even do the normal offense, Seth, or else it, it, this may be a, a real long day real fast. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to be mean about it, but that's essentially what it comes down to is a te- one team going you know, with its sights on college football playoffs, and you have one team who is scraping and clawing for a chance to still potentially get yeah. to an, out- or an outside chance of getting to a bowl. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, really it's for pride and a matter of, you know, what's your commitment level? And identity. At this point? I think just yeah. trying to find something. Yeah. Trying to find some some sort of something to scrap for in the last three games of the season. A positive to point to to say, yeah. hey, we beat them in the third and fourth quarter. We we outgained them in the second half. Have some kind of positive that you can look back on and say, this was a building point. This was a building block that helped us, you know, improve going into Michigan State. Help us improve going into Purdue, and then you know. With the outside chance of you know maybe preparing for a Foster Farm, I don't I don't know what the six I mean, and six I, Big I, Ten bowl I would is, take but the, the Fisher's Bowl at this point, <laughs> like I wouldn't even care. Uh, the chances of that are are very very slim. So um, my pick kind of fits in with what you were talking about, and that's Emory Simmons. Um, you know, veteran leadership on the offense has been in big games, has been in big stadiums. Um, you know, played at Clemson, played at Florida State, played at those types of schools, Miami, things like that throughout his career. So he's been there. He's seen it. Um, you know, Baz has been there and seen it before too. Um, yeah, I know it's, it's just a garbage site for us to talk about, but what's that site you like to, to reference a lot on Twitter? What is it? Big take boomer, big game yeah, boomer, big game boomer or something like that it has, uh, Ohio state, I think listed as the 11th quietest stadium this weekend. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I don't ever feel like crowd noise is really ever an issue whenever we're there. Granted, because the scores are really not that close the majority of the time, other than the one time that where there were no fans and it was a great game at the end. So, um, so I'm going to go Emory Simmons, a lot of dink and dunk, a lot of maybe making some plays across the middle. Um, see what we can do there on defense. What are you doing on defense? I had, the interior pass rush. So I had CO Elliott, Lucas, Tevis, Cox. Uh, as we talked about, CJ Stroud has a lot of mobility, but he is a passer first and foremost. Uh, he tries to avoid running as much as possible. The best way to affect him is by getting pressure up the middle and making it difficult for him to step into throws. Um, he has had a little bit of inconsistency. Usually it's all against the pressure up the middle. Um, so again, just trying to maximize kind of a, of a weak point of his. I mean, that's pretty much every quarterback's weak point. Imagine getting, you know, <laughs> trying to throw a ball 55 miles per hour with, you know, a 300 pound man 
you know, trying to in demolish you. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Um, but the complimentary side of that is making sure that the rush ends keep contained because he will, ex- he will bounce out and extend the play. So you have to get the pressure up the middle and still have those bookend ends limiting that escape escapability aspect of the, of the, you know, play extension um, again. So that's really, you know, again, if you want any chance of winning this game, you have to try to opt or, or limit what they do best and him being a pocket passer is what they do best. Well, shit. I mean, they run the ball pretty damn well too. Yeah, so yeah. I, I should, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, tough. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, you have to take one of those two away. Uh, and I think, you know, if you can get the defensive pass rush from the middle, it'll certainly help limit their passing game. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make a last second change here. Um, I felt as if Taiwan Mullen had a pretty decent individual game last week. Um, if there was anybody to pinpoint maybe mm-hmm. on the defense, um, an interception, you know, he wasn't always on Parker Washington, but I think he had a TFL early, like yeah, the first or second TFL play of the early. game. He, he may be just finding his groove, maybe a little bit too late. Um, he's going to be matched up on some sort of future NFL wide receiver today, uh, on Saturday. And this could go a long way in him getting to the next level. Maybe this year. I mean, he's, he'll still have one more year of eligibility, but um, if this is what he's looking to do, this is the game to prove it in. So if you can limit, you're not going to stop. I don't think Marvin Harrison jr. I don't think you're going to, you may be able to stop. When I say stop, I mean, in quotations, Um, uh, what's his name? Igbuka. Mm -hmm. Um, and limit him, but it, it, either way, it's going to be a total challenge all the way across. Um, I had some obvious, I had Deshaun McCullough written down. That's obvious. You want to see how he's going to play against the elite um, has been, has not been disappointing. I mean, maybe outside of the entire team being disappointing last week, um, he has not been disappointing all season special teams real quick. And then we'll move on. Oh, hold on. I want to, I want to touch one more thing Sorry, on Mullen ahead. really quick. Um, this will be the most lucrative tape he can possibly put out there. So this game will be analyzed more than any other game that he has from pro scouts. So if he wants to have a big NFL contract at some point, this is the game you show up in, you show out in, and you put that good tape together because that's what they're going to be playing on draft day. That's what they're going to be playing in the scouting uh, circles. You know, it's the easiest one to point to. Look at his brother. His brother got drafted, I think, based off of was it national championship game where he had a pick, two picks or maybe national semifinal game, and you know he's turned it into an NFL career. He hasn't been great with the Raiders, but it could have just been where he ended up. So, but it'll be uh, the single single biggest game as far as eyeballs are concerned. Oh, for sure. Special teams. Uh, I mean, it's 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 redundant at this point. I've refused to go any other route for the last, I think, four or five weeks. The answer is James Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all in at this point. I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of punts. I hate to break it to you, Bragg. Um, I don't want to be that friend who always tells you that things are going to be bad. Um, but I think the punting game will be heavily involved. And I think you'll need him to be to have another, which now it's the expectation, mm-hmm. um, but another good game where he is affecting positive field position and and or you know punting out of the back line of his own end zone to save you 40 50 yards and just make it that much more difficult for Ohio State to score points yep that's who I had to same thing I mean player of the week last week which was embarrassing but he had a great game <laughs> um 
you know, I got checked. I mean, it's great for him. Too. Focus on the positives on that yeah, one, man. Yeah, I hate course. to, I, no, good for him. He deserved it. He yeah, truly did. He did. And uh, nice to know too, he's only a sophomore. I, I totally forgot about that. He so. seems like he's been there for a while because we've seen him punt so many times mm-hmm. over the last two years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I've got Charles Campbell. I mean, if there's a chance, if I, you can win the takeaway battle, you know, I, I'm thinking maybe plus, at least plus two um, and, and make some sort of special teams play short in the field on offense, things like that. Um, any sort of points, you know, extra points, which he's perfect on for the season, knock on wood. And, um, and the horseshoe is a little bit funky. It's notorious for being a little bit of a wind tunnel where the, where the, the horseshoe kind of brings the wind in and swirls it around. Mm -hmm. Um, so just always one of those things to be a little bit on the outlook for is, you know, how are conditions? Exactly. Um, speaking of conditions, conditioning, Monon track level would be into shape. Monon Track Club is Indiana's running brand. It's built on a deep love for the sport in the Hoosier State. They craft products, they tell stories, and create experiences. That's the main part. The experiences that they create, they aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. Check out the link in the show notes for more details on their club runs and to shop their sick gear from shirts to hoodies to koozies. As a thank you to our listeners, they're offering 10% off. It's still just 10% off. I don't know if it'll go any higher. He's very cheap. Clothes aren't cheap. But he's tight. Yeah, tight, tight pockets. Um, he's offering ten percent off your order. Make him pay. Big order, big discount. Make him pay. Leo ten at checkout. Leo one zero. I'm telling you guys, just check it out. Even if you don't like running, I don't love running, but I like his stuff. It's good quality material, good stuff. So check it out. Show notes will have all the stuff that you need. Leo ten at checkout. Seth, I got a little bonus for everybody. I have no Brando, but I have his randos. Are you ready? Yeah, I, I just switched over. I'm a little bit nervous. Let's do this. Who is the best pro on Ohio State? That's a great question. Because mm-hmm. um, I think they're all kind of on the same ranking level. Last I checked on the PFF rankings. Um, they all seem to be in that like high eighties, low nineties. Um, I would probably go, I think Marvin Harrison, I've already said mm-hmm. is probably going to be the better Harrison of the two. Mm-hmm. I might be on record with that. Unfortunately, I don't agree with that. I know. It's fine. Uh, I may have had a couple adult pops in me when I said that. Um, but <laughs> I, oh goodness. I really like Agbuka. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, but it's probably going to be a defender. They're easiest to point to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of the receivers, except for Harrison, are a little bit undersized. They're a little bit skinny. Um, so I probably wouldn't go with them. Running backs are always highly over or underrated, I should say, undervalued. Um, so I'd probably lean away from them. I don't think CJ Stroud is great. I have a point that I was going to make about I think Justin Fields being the best professional quarterback out of Ohio State in the last 30 years, mm. uh, supplanting Craig Krenzel and uh, I can't remember who the guy was in 1992. Um I looked all these things up earlier. It didn't matter. Um, but I, I I would probably go with JT at the end. I think he has the prototypical size. I think he's, what, 6'4", 260, mm-hmm. 270. So he has the size. He has the explosive plays that NFL scouts really love and kind of salivate over. Um, I'd probably go with him. Um, I think he's probably the surest bet. 1992 was Herb Street, by the way. 
<laughs> if you want that 1992 is Kirk Herb Street. Um, well, that that answer, I was going to agree. I, I either one of the defensive ends for me. Um, the next question is literally CJ Stroud or Justin Fields as a Justin prospect. Fields. Okay, I fell bias. in love with him again. That mobility he has is uh, he makes he. <sighs> He's so fast. I get he it. makes up for having such a bad offensive line and having yep. no receiving options. Yep. Um, the two-part question here, Ryan Day related. Um, will Ryan Day ever consider going to the NFL? And how long will Ryan Day be at Ohio State? He will be at Ohio State until he retires. Uh, I predict he'll probably be there for like 30 more years. The Where he's at now... There will be roads in and around Columbus named after him, major construction through or construction, major uh highway thoroughfares will be named after him. There will be statues in his honor built. If you leave to go to what the Browns or the Bengals or whoever the hell else he would go to, there's not going to be um there's not gonna be that same appreciation level and i don't think money is as much of an issue anymore especially with ohio state the amount of money they're bringing in from a program standpoint they can afford to pay him 10 15 million dollars a year if they want to um so i don't think that you know price tag that nfl usually lures college coaches with um, will necessarily be as enticing as it has been with other guys so this proves my point that he's not really that good of a coach he doesn't have to be Okay. They have the program. They have the institutional mean. structure in place yep. that he doesn't have to be. He has a pipeline, and the 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 boosters and the athletic program will not let him fail. Being an NFL coach, <clears throat> the amount of work is a lot. It's exhausting. But compared to being a college coach, where you have to recruit and you have to enter, you have to do all of that stuff, right? At a typical college, maybe not at Ohio State. I'm telling you, the guy is a robot. That's it. He's not a real person. He's a robot with no feelings. And I don't think... Here's my problem with what you said. I don't know if he'll ever win a national championship. This would be the year, I think. Oh, I disagree. I think from a pure quantity of opportunity standpoint, he will probably end up with three. Because he will be in the playoffs, the 12-team playoffs, Every single year. Does it matter when every single okay. year? Does it matter when divisions go away and use nope. UCLA and nope. USC become a problem? Nope. No. Okay. Nope. He has recently There's lost to Michigan, and I buffers. believe he's zero and one against the Pac-12. I don't know <laughs> if that's true. Just recently. <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say. Um. Okay. That's it. Do you have anything in your sack? I do. Um. And the guy I was thinking of was Kent Graham, okay. was the 1992 quarterback who was I drafted on Wikipedia. But yeah, no, that's um, okay. Here we go. These I titled these basketball questions that I'm sure your answers will upset me. Um, so we're gonna delve a little bit into every other IU sports podcast has com- fully committed over to what is it? Moorhead State talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so but let's do a little bit of playing into this. Does IU basketball win the Big Ten? Uh, I think just based off of it being a down year for the Big Ten, yes, I do. Uh, okay, we're one for one on. <laughs> uh, do they go to the Final Four? Hmm. 
I need to see more. I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. The reason I need I need to see more. I want to see if Zay, if the key is Xavier Johnson. If Xavier Johnson can be consistent, there's two keys: Xavier Johnson and Jalen Hutchinson. Jalen Hutchinson can stay stay up if he can live up to the hype, make some jump shots, not disappear in the big games. It's possible, but no, I need to see some more. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say yes. All right, I'll switch these out of order because you just said his name. Does JHS uh, win Big Ten Rookie of the Year? I don't know or enough newcomer? about the other ones. I know that there's a pretty good freshman in Illinois, maybe. Um, There's a decent, you know, he's not a five-star, but there's a decent one at Purdue, I think. Um, And then... I don't know. I feel like maybe uh, no. I I don't know. Maybe again, down year, it's possible. All right. Does T J does uh T T H T J D J D yes okay win player of the year in the Big Ten? Big Ten. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Only two and a half of those pissed me off. Okay. I'll take that. Um. And yeah, I already said the one about. All right. Let's get in predictions. That's it. All right. We'll start with Brandon. Um. Brandon has Ohio State only putting up 48. They don't cover, but they do hit the over. IU 10, Ohio State 48. I'm going to save yours for last because it may be worse than both of ours, and ours are pretty bad. I also have IU covering just barely. Just barely. Seth, good coaches win, great coaches cover thank you i also have them smashing the over i also have this game being pretty close for a quarter i got, I may even have iu winning the first oh, quarter God. 10 to 7 <laughs> but that's only because the only reason that is is because ohio state's getting ready to score the very next play of the first of the of the second quarter but i've got iu 17 ohio state 56 all right what do you got so I got Ohio State in the over 52-7. See, that's what I'm telling you. I, I said it last week. I told Brandon as we were walking out of the game, we'll get another touchdown. They'll get another touchdown, even if it's just a sympathy touchdown. And they got one. Good drive. Um, I think they get more than one score, whether it's one and a t- one and a field goal or a couple touchdowns, they'll, they'll get more than that. But we're all pretty close. We're all pretty close to the same thing. You've got him losing by 45. He's got him losing by 38. I got him losing by 39. So, yeah. We knew it. We knew it. Even if I think even if you flip, uh, let's say we flip Rutgers and, and Maryland, and they're sitting, that would put us at five and four. Is that right? Five and four or something like that at this point. I would have probably still picked the same <laughs> the same score. <laughs> So um, there it is. It is what it is. We've done enough depressing stuff uh, last week. We're not going to continue with that um, until the next pod, probably. So um, I know that Brandon's going to come over and watch the game at the crib. I think you're out of town or something. Do we get Seth the live tweets or what are we doing? Uh, maybe. Depends. Uh, there's a, a elementary school, I think six-year-old birthday party. So cool. we'll see how it goes. I'll probably Possibly. be the weirdo on the phone in the corner watching the game. So we'll see how there you go. You can, uh, 
yeah, you can check it out. You can check it out on Twitter if he's there. It's at Podcast LEO. Uh, be sure to download, rate, review, follow on all of our platforms. I am working on Stitcher. I did a lot of Stitcher stuff today. <laughs> um, signed us up. Got us going. Got the pod up there. It may be up. I don't know, guys. Whoever wants the Stitcher, it, it check it. I don't know. Let me know on Twitter. You can either hit up the personal account or the LEO account, and we will get it fixed, whatever you guys want. It's Twitter brought to you by Elon Musk. Is it really what it's called? No. Okay, because I was about ready to quit Twitter. So, um, cool. But uh, yeah, let us know on that, the other platforms and, and Stitcher and all that stuff. So love you guys. LEO. LEO. Is that it? LEO. Awesome day. LEO. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. LEO. All right. Great. LEO. Appreciate you guys. LEO. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. LEO. Have a great day. LEO. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And LEO. Oh, thank you so much. LEO. Well, thanks so much. LEO. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. LEO. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. LEO. Awesome. LEO. LEO.